Duncan Holder, our number two here on Sports 1280, NOLA.com and the iHeartRadio app. If you missed any of our shows, of course, you missed the first hour if you're just tuning in. Shame on you. Just kidding. You can just go back and listen to it on, the, on our podcast. Exactly. NOLA.com, SoundCloud page, NOLA.com, iTunes page, and Sports1280.com. And Jeff, I've got a message for you. It comes from Delvin Bro on Twitter two minutes ago. In all caps, life is great. So no worries, my friend. Life is great. It's not just good. It's great. It's like Tony the Tiger. Great. Should be a new T-shirt line. Life is great. Is it great? It's not great for the Saints medical staff. Well, not I think, great. I think he feels vindicated and validated. No player ever wants to be accused of gold-bricking. Uh, and Delvin Bro certainly has never had that reputation. So I think going forward, now they've got the injury identified too, and I think that's a big part of it. They probably were wondering what's going on. Now they know. Yeah, and if you're just joining in and if you haven't been on Twitter or on NOLA.com, here's the latest. Delvin Bro is going to be out for four to six weeks with a fractured fibula. It's on the same leg that he injured last year. And uh, ESPN's Mike Triplett breaking the story, and we have uh, confirmed it over at NOLA.com, that the Saints have fired two of their orthopedists, Dr. Derek Jones and Dr. Missy Suri, uh, because of the misdiagnosis. And uh, just rewinding the story yesterday, or two days ago, trade rumors started coming out uh, about the Saints wanting to unload Delvin Bro because of uh, their frustration over his injuries. Then our own Josh Katzenstein broke that Delvin Bro was able to go to a, see a second opinion, got an x-ray. He comes back to the Saints facility later on on Monday. And lo and behold, he's in crutches and in a walking boot. And now you, the, the latest on the story is he's out four to six weeks, which puts his regular season certainly in jeopardy as far as starting it. And our own Josh Katzenstein reporting that Bros Camp sought a second opinion at the Oshner Medical Center after the team was pressuring him to return to the field, thinking he was healthy enough to practice despite Bros saying he was still in pain. This according to a source that talked to our own Josh Katzenstein. And so, Jeff, we've had a lot of callers come in and a lot of opinions, and you can get in here as well, 504-260-1280 is the number to get involved, or if you wanted to jump in our YouTube live comment section, you could jump in there too. Uh, but, Jeff, lots of finger-pointing from the callers. Uh, we can do our own finger-pointing that we want, and it's certainly a multi-layered thing that, that they're going through here, who's to blame, who's not to blame, and whether it's injury, whether it's the rumor coming out. But the moral of the story is, and I think you brought this back full circle to on the field, once again you're out without Delvin Bro, and you still have to say he's injury prone. So this is, this is becoming a history for him that it's hard for him to stay healthy on the field, honestly. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, it's, it's been lost in all this uh, finger pointing that we're doing right now and the news of, of the medical staff being fired, but – the Saints are likely going to go into Minnesota and perhaps even their home game against Tom Brady and Brandon Cooks and the New England Patriots without their best cornerback. That's a daunting situation. And we not, this might also be a little bit of a window into why Sean Payton has been so irritable lately, why he was in such a bad mood uh, at the Cleveland game. Perhaps he, he realized this, you know, these – 
he's going into a the old proverbial pistol fight with a knife, you know, or he's going in, he's he doesn't really have a shot when he's le- his starting left tackle's already out, his best interior pass rusher's out, and now he's losing his best cover corner. Uh that's tough to overcome. Those are critical positions. We're not talking about a second string linebacker. We're talking about arguably three of his six or seven best players on the team. And you look at it to where uh, once again you thought you had cornerbacks ready to go and it's not just Delvin Bros hurt it's Marshawn Lattimore's hurt it's uh, look a guy you don't know if he's gonna make the team but Arthur Millette's hurt PJ Williams how much can you trust him because he's only played a game and a half in his NFL career I think you combine it all and when you're seven and nine the past three years and let's be frank uh Sean Payton should be on the hot seat because you would be in any other NFL market whether you won a Super Bowl uh, seven years ago or not uh, seven and nine is just not acceptable, and it's you. You know the seat under him has to be warm and toasty for his job status. And look, I think the the frustration we heard in some of the callers earlier today is not only warranted, but I think um, prevalent throughout the fan bases of both teams because they've had this frustration of paying top dollar, going to these games, and so many of their key players are not on the court or field for the organization, uh, I can see why people are frustrated. Uh, they almost feel like they don't even have a chance to compete in these games because the players are not on the court or field uh, that give them a chance to win. So it's a very complicated situation, and I'm sure it's going to be one that the Saints and this organization study very hard going forward. I don't know what they're going to do. It would be interesting to hear from Sean Payton and potentially get a chance to talk to Mickey Loomis, are they going to go outside of the auction organization? Can they do that? They already have a deal in place. Uh, I don't know the repercussions of this move. 504-260-1280 is the number to get involved. Let's go to the phone lines. Greg, uh, Glenn, excuse me, Glenn in New Orleans. Glenn, thanks for calling Duncan hey Holder. What you got um, this morning? Did Delvin Bro get a second opinion from another office surgeon at Oshner? That's according to our reporting that he went to Oshner Medical Center to have uh, the the second opinion done. And, Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, the two orthopedists, they're from Oshner, correct. right? Correct. That, that, that have worked with the yeah, Saints Glenn, and the Pelicans for many years. Yeah, Glenn, you're right. I, we don't know. I don't know that for sure, but they definitely got a second opinion from Oshner. We just yes. don't know and, and who was, the medical – Was that initiated of, by him or did the Saints – do that uh I'll, I'll just go by our reporting from our own josh katzenstein who's certainly been on top of the story i'll just read from his story bros camp sought a second opinion so it's at osher medical center after the team was pressuring him to return to the field thinking he was healthy enough to practice despite bro saying he was still in pain so to me it sounds like bros camp said wait a minute we're gonna go get our second opinion and let's see where this thing falls right and when he broke it last year did, did he have surgery on that, or they just let it heal? I'm Y'all fairly remember? sure he had. I'm fairly sure he had. That surgery. I don't know. I, I, I don't need, know if actually, they had to put to a that plate in up. there or not. Yeah, I need to look that back up because yeah, that's something we were just talking about, Glenn, with Sheldon Rankins. If you remember, he also had a fractured right. fibula that did require right. surgery. I think they inserted a plate. If I if I'm correct, I don't know if Bray Bro did or not before or after the season. If they did, we'll get you that answer here shortly. You, you can 
you can understand that it maybe it didn't heal a hundred percent and it was weak and it broke again. I, I'm curious if it broke in the same spot. Hey, Shel, uh, hey, uh, hey, Glenn, Delvin Bro did have surgery on his broken fibula okay, last year. Did. So okay. yes, he did have surgery. Yes. Yeah, and we just don't know. I don't know if this particular injury is the exact same injury, if it was just a reoccurrence or if it's in a different spot on his leg. I don't know that. Right. Okay, real quick on the Nick Fairley thing. Um, kind of the same situation, but there was another doctor that gave him the physical that this jumped out at him. But previously, when he would come in for his annual physical, the doctors that were doing that, it didn't jump out at them. Hey, Glenn, I, I still think, honestly, even though Sean Payton tried his best to explain that, I still think some of the details are uh, still a bit hazy. I know they had two doctors look at uh, his heart, and one said never to play football again. And I feel like the Saints leaned more toward that one because – uh, they, you know, put him on IR. He may never play again. But, but yeah. So I, and I still think the the details are hazy. If he, when did he have a physical? Did they hurry up and sign him without doing a physical? And they decided, oh, we'll do it afterward. I don't think we've ever gotten a clear answer for that. Am I wrong, Jeff? No, I think it's very, very foggy on that story. And you know, I almost tend to give them a little bit of a pass on that one because he's had this condition for a long time and right. has been is it been diagnosed with it multiple times and played with it so somehow another along the way it worsened or somebody raised a red flag uh, and that's going to I think work itself out for both sides to be honest with you yeah I think the physical was when they were you know getting ready to start um, off, off probably field, OTAs. You know, thoughts, so yeah, get yeah. Physicals and all that stuff. And I think well, that's, that's when the story started coming out. Yeah, that's when the story st started coming out. Hey, Glenn, appreciate the phone call, and uh, thanks for uh, listening to Duncan Holder. So, Jeff, I've I posed this to you in the first hour. Is there any? To me, I think there is reason to question how they've handled all these other injuries. Uh, we don't look, you could look at who's Ke they Keenan Lewis, they, I'll say they the medical staff or they, the saints or uh, both. I think everyone, uh, the public has a right to question it. The saints have a right to question it, uh, how they handled Keenan Lewis, how they handled Jairus bird. Cause remember it took it. it I, Keenan Lewis still isn't right. Jairus bird. It took, it took multiple procedures. Remember, he came back. He was going to be ready for the next training camp at 15, and it took him a while to get back. Uh, do you wonder, with those injuries, did they linger? Did they do the right thing? Uh, I, I think it's fair at this point. And then the, the history with the Pelicans, how injuries have lingered. I think everyone is kind of fair to question and holds some sort of blame uh, over on Airline Drive. Well, I know that the the organization did an extensive review and evaluation of the training and medical staff a year ago. Uh, that was on the Pelican side of things, but it's the same staff, same medical staff. So they underwent this a, a year ago to try and determine the root cause of all these injury problems on the Pelicans. Uh, so it's not like this is just this just occurred. They've looked into it because they recognized there was an issue. What 
the uh, fallout from that was. I don't know. I know that we've reported on it before, but they did look into it, Mickey Loomis and his group, and uh, it was a pretty extensive uh, study. And I know they changed some training uh, tactics along the way in both organizations. So um, it's it's something they've addressed. But, again, it's compli- it's a very complicated situation, and I'm really hesitant to just throw every injury uh, into this umbrella of they were incompetent and misdiagnosed because I I don't think that's the case. I think there were a bunch of them that have been, but we can't certainly say that every injury was a because of a poor medical evaluation or. Uh, but they have had a number of of guys that either lingered or had to go back and get second procedures done. Right. That seems like an abnormal high I would high say, number. example, Bird, Keenan Lewis, there are probably others that I have. Well, Brian done. Young was one, Brian too, way Young. back in the day. Yes. Uh, had to have multiple procedures, and you just wondered what's going on. Why is this happening? Uh, and I know that it was a problem for Pierre Thomas when he played as well. So there, there have been multiple incidents. I just don't know if this is common around the league. I don't know enough about what other teams go through but it certainly is an issue here to the point where they had to had to make this move today. Here's another question. Would the Saints have fired these orthopedists if the team wasn't embarrassed by the trade rumors that come out? If this stayed internally, do you think they get fired? I bet you no. I think they would have for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I do. You sure? Yeah, I, I, I'm not saying for sure. I just think they would have. I, I think know. Sean Payton is at the end of his rope. And I think the football side of things might have finally got a chance to win this out. This is a classic kind of behind-the-scenes look at how big organizations like this work, professional sports organizations, where you have a business side and you have a a, a football side, the sports side, and they clash a lot. Internally, it never gets out, but things like this happen all the time. And this is a good example, unfortunately, a very high-profile example and an embarrassment for everybody involved. Let's take a quick break right here on Dunk and Holder. And when we get back, DJ, in NOLA East, we will get to you as soon as we return from this break. Don't forget, 1130, we'll have Sam Farmer of the Los Angeles Times. He covers the NFL uh, for them. And we'll get his take on the Chargers as the Saints will fly out after today's practice to head out and practice against them twice on Thursday and Friday and then play them in a preseason game on Sunday. So DJ and Noli, hang tight. We'll get to you coming back from the break. 504-260-1280 is the number to get involved here on Sports 1280. NOLA.com and the iHeartRadio app. We're Duncan Holder. This is Duncan Holder on Sports 1280, New Orleans. You had to figure some former players are going to chime in on this, specifically injured ones, uh, as far as the Delvin Bro situation, misdiagnosis, doctors getting fired, and questioning the treatment of other players in the past. And kind of spurred a reaction, Mike Triplett saying, uh, bring it up, and we brought up Keenan Lewis's name before as far as injuries and taking forever to heal, basically saying that uh, that Lewis has since filed a, an injury grievance over the issue of the misdiagnosis he had while he was here. I think he had a bunch of groin injuries and, uh, and never quite got fixed. Well, 
Keenan Lewis responds on Instagram. Uh, I'll just read it to you. Thank God I'm not talking about Dr. Siri, who's one of the doctors who was fired because he's an assistant. I'm blessed this foolishness come to an end. My prayers have been answered. I wish they would have believed me instead of going off his reports. I probably would still be on the 53-man roster. I'm glad another player don't have to suffer like I did. Thank you, Lord. Truly appreciate it. I hope the NFL takes this serious and handles my case correct for real. So, Jeff. You knew this was going to come. Yeah, that's the first of what I think will be many players, especially former players, voicing out or speaking out because I'm sure they were frustrated with this situation. We'd heard about it. We This is not something we've never heard of. Right. There's been chatter about this on this beat for years, but you always just assume they were getting it fixed behind closed doors and would address it. Obviously not. No, obviously not. Let's get the phone lines, 504-260-1280. DJ and Nola East. DJ, appreciate you hanging on through the break. Hey, uh, Larry, Jeff, uh, I don't mind holding on for y'all guys because y'all are the best. Look, a couple of questions, though. Um, I haven't been able to hear the show um, off and on early on, but um, one of the questions I had was, is the uh, injury – to Delvin Bro, is that the other leg other than the one that he had the problem with last year? No, DJ, it's the same one. The same one. Wow, <laughs> boy, uh, this you know it kind of begs the you know whether this guy's gonna get healthy or not if the leg you know cracks you know this quickly. So you know I, I'm guessing uh, you know he can get repaired and hopefully he'll come through it okay. The other uh, question I had was the guys that got let go. Were they the same guys that were working with the Pelicans? And I say that because, you know, they heard, we heard about a misdiagnosis on uh, Quincy Pondexter, among others. And I was just wondering if, if those are the same physicians that, uh, you know, may have misdiagnosed him. DJ, unfortunately, if you're a Saints and Pelicans fan, you're not going to like the answer, and the answer is yes. They uh-huh. work on both staffs, wow. and imagine that. Injuries have been botched on both sides of the parking lot on Airline Drive. Yeah, you would think that uh, they would have done something earlier than, you know, having weight. Of course, with the uh, Delvin Bro, you know, trade rumors and everything that came out, I guess there was nothing else that they could do after this diagnosis came out. But, uh, you know, I'm thinking that something should have been done sooner than this. You know, I mean, I I just can't believe that they keep these guys on after all the problems that they had between uh, not only the Pelicans but the, the Saints also. But anyway, well, great D- show as usual. I'll hang up and listen, okay? Hey, DJ, appreciate the phone call, buddy. DJ, I think that the reason – I'm just speculating here, but I think it's complicated, and I've used that word a lot today because I don't think it's one doctor who would be responsible or even two doctors for all these different maladies. I think that's impossible. The way typically these things work – you have specialists, and even within the orthopedic uh, practice, you have specialists. Some guys are shoulder guys. Some, some I say guys, guys and gals are, are knee specialists. You have ankle specialists. Everybody has a different um, specialty. And so I think it's impossible to say that there's one. That's what makes it so maddening, I think, for everybody, is we've seen this occur across teams, across different players, different Injuries, soft tissue injuries, joint injuries, broken bones. There's just been so many different 
problems with different players from different teams that I would use Sean Payton's word that it's an epidemic. <laughs> well, we're not talking about snapping the football. We're talking about legs snapping. <laughs> and so uh, slightly – well, both are extremely important, but certainly well, something what My different. point is you yeah. probably have different doctors from Oshner on this medical staff giving different opinions on all these different injuries. So it's hard to put the black hat on with just one or two doctors. I think this is something that the Saints and Pelicans have to look at much from a lar- much larger prism as to is is this something that we have to go to somebody else uh, we've seen them go a lot of players on on the Saints and Pelicans have had to fly to James Andrews of course the noted orthopedist uh, from the Birmingham area to get second opinions and what is the them, other one in Philadelphia uh, uh, Dr. Myers who does the sports hernia things. right and we've seen them go to Stedman I believe I'm not sure which specialty he is uh, I think he's based in Denver. There's also one I think that we've seen go in Charlotte. They've gone to Charlotte for another specialist. Uh, they do not go here locally, which I think is something that you could question why you wouldn't just go to a lo- another local uh, orthopedic specialist to get a second opinion instead of putting somebody on a plane, flying them halfway across the country. I'm sure we've got good local orthopedic specialists that could give a, a fine second opinion on this. So, it's, it's again, it's a complicated situation. Certainly is. Why don't we take a quick break right here on Dunk and Holder. We will switch gears to go to Los Angeles from the Los Angeles Times, the NFL reporter who does an awesome job, one of the best in the business, Sam Farmer. He's going to talk with us about the Chargers. What's the reception like having a second team in Los Angeles? Of course, we already talked about uh, his ride to the stadium earlier this week with Roger Goodell, and they thought the stadium was a track stadium and – for, uh, for Roger Goodell, he was glad he was wrong, and it was not that. But, uh, of course, Saints leave the Saints practice facility today after practice, hit the airport, go to Los Angeles as they'll practice against the Chargers Thursday and Friday, and we will have them see preseason action in sun- on Sunday at the StubHub Center. I will be leaving right after the show, uh, and we will have full coverage out there the whole time they're out there. On NOAA.com. And of course, you're listening to us on NOAA.com, Sports 1280, and the iHeartRadio app. We're Duncan Holder. Learn what our insiders know about your home teams. Sports 1280, New Orleans. Welcome back, Dunk and Holder. Got another 25 minutes or so, and pleased to be joined by Sam Farmer, NFL reporter of the Los Angeles Times. And, Jeff, I was uh, talking with you on the air, I think maybe it was yesterday or so, about, uh, when we teased that Sam was coming on. And Sam no longer has to ask Roger Goodell at every league meeting, every Super Bowl about Los Angeles. Now he's got his hands full. He's got two teams in his face <laughs> to keep track of. Hey, Sam, appreciate you jumping on the show. How are you, buddy? Yeah, my pleasure. I love hearing the back-to-back uh, Rich Eisen spots. Uh, I was just ri- with Rich the other night at uh, Derek Jones's annual L.A. party, which was great. Probably not as good as his Canton party, but – uh, at Nobu in Malibu, which is pretty darn cool. Well, Sam, tell us about the StubHub Center. We're, we're curious about that. Obviously, the Saints are all flying out there 
today, uh, later today, to get their first chance to see this. And I'm I'm fascinated by the whole thing. It it seems like there's some pros and cons to it. It's obviously very small, so there's not going to be a huge revenue stream for the Chargers. But if I'm a fan sitting in a small, intimate like soccer stadium to watch an NFL game, I think has some advantages. I, I imagine the sight lines are awesome. Yeah, I mean the uh, uh, from a fan's perspective, I think there's no better way to watch an NFL game be that close now that the chargers um are you think would be he- hemorrhaging revenues of uh, the game revenues and, and the league would not be too happy about that i mean they drew twenty one thousand. Twenty one thousand announced for their preseason opener and, and you know you got to figure they were they were playing the seahawks it's not like the, the jaguars were in town so there are a lot of seahawks fans uh it was at least half seahawks fans there and uh, and there's the, the the initial curiosity of seeing what that intimate venue is like. So I, I kind of shudder to think of what it would have been like for the Chargers uh, had they been playing a lesser team in the Coliseum. You know, would they have, would they have gone eighteen thousand or something? Uh, but in terms of the venue, very cool. The, the StubHub Center. Um, it's about 30,000, 28 to 30,000. And it's very modern, clean, everything. It doesn't feel like a high school stadium, a nice high school stadium. It feels like an NFL stadium uh, through the wrong end of a telescope. You know, it feels like it just shrunk <laughs> way down. And uh, But people don't know what to expect when they're seeing it for the first time. And, in fact, uh, you know, Roger Goodell, uh, you saw it for the first time on Sunday night uh, for this exhibition game. And when he was coming in, he, uh, it, you know, it's a big, it's a 125-acre campus that this is on. So he's driving in or riding in an SUV and drives past this little soccer stadium with the 1,200-seat bleachers uh, there. And uh, he says, oh, my God, is that it? <laughs> <laughs> He didn't know he thought that was it. That was the practice field for like the Galaxy Two second division soccer team. So he didn't know what to expect. But once you come inside, they do have suite, um, some some really cool seating at this stadium. Um, behind uh, one end zone, they've got this second floor restaurant where you can buy season tickets to have a booth at that restaurant in the booth is right up against the window, which is essentially right up against the field. So a field goal, if you took the net down, could go right through the window and into your food, <laughs> knock over your beer. I mean, it's that close. So it's pretty cool. It's different. Um, but, again, I think you'd be losing a lot of money playing in a stadium like that. I wonder if the league will prop up the Chargers to some degree to help out in that regard because this is kind of a league initiative, right, that the team move into L.A. Uh, you would think they understand there's going to be a difficult transition here. I wonder if there's a way the league could help them out to some degree so they can remain well, competitive. Oh, well, I imagine. I mean, it, it, it'd be an embarrassment if they weren't to sell out the, uh, the 27,000 seats. They already have 3,000 seats tarped, which is unbelievable. So they've got tarps at the top of the stadium. 
uh, blocking off where they could have 3,000 seats. But, um, you know, I don't think the league was particularly happy that the Chargers decided to leave San Diego so abruptly. I mean, one of the big problems, if you look at the markets, the three markets that where teams relo- are left, essentially, even though the team's still in Oakland now until 2020, um, St. Louis and Oakland uh, were at the bottom, in the, in the bottom quartile in terms of revenue. The Chargers are right around the middle of the league. So sort of the bad fact in their argument to leave San Diego was they were making too much money. I mean, San Diego's still a robust market. They couldn't get um, the stadium that they wanted. Uh, that's clear. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's a viable market. I mean, they drew over 40000 for their exhibition games last year. So they drew more than twice what they got for this last one. So... You know, it's if, if they have another week where they're, you know, they got 20,000 people showing up for an exhibition game, God forbid that happens during the regular season. And what's the league to do then? Because the league gave up a lot to have the Chargers come up there. Um, and, and a very valuable thing, and that is a vacancy in Los Angeles. You have a vacancy in Los Angeles, you can continue using L.A. the way you've used it for the last 20 years as a big hammer to hang over other cities uh, when you're looking for a new stadium. Uh, you could say, well, we're, gonna, we're looking at moving to L.A. because there's a vacancy there. Now the Chargers are there, so nobody can – they're not going to put three teams in L.A. We're just trying to get used to one team, let alone two. What would you do with three teams? You're already, you're already overworked with two. Now you're going to have three. That would be hilarious. Well, what I do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, that's like uh, – uh, Larry was saying, you know, I asked Roger Goodell the question about the, uh, um, you know, when's LA getting a team? Or as you might remember at the Super Bowl this last year, I, I asked Roger Goodell, when is LA going to stop getting teams? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Every team has uh, talked about moving to LA. It's funny, we look back, uh, I did a little study, look back um, at the number of teams that invoked L.A. as a possible option over the last 20 years, 18 of the 32 teams talked about L.A. Uh, so over half the league talked about moving to L.A. at one point or another. Well, yeah, it was the ultimate stalking horse. They used it for yeah, years. They used it here in New Orleans. Oh, absolutely. Sammy Watkins and, uh, and Robert Woods uh, and Anthony Lynn coaching the Chargers uh, Buffalo, in fact, did move to L.A. <laughs> Good yeah, point. Yeah, ex- exactly. Sam Farmer from the Los Angeles Times covers the NFL. Uh, join us right here on Dunk and Holder. Uh, Sam, what are the expectations for the Chargers? Uh, I know they had a lot of injuries last year, but what are y- your impressions of them and the expectations of them? And on a second note, how many people do you think from San Diego will – keep their allegiances to the Chargers? Well, uh, you know, this is a team, they've got a quarterback, uh, they've, uh, a very good quarterback in Dolph Rivers. They've got some budding uh, defensive stars and Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, uh, Jason Verrett. Um, and they've got a, a running back in Melvin Gordon, So they and some receivers too, uh, certainly came out. Long way of saying, 
Uh, they have potential, but potential doesn't get it done. Obviously, you got to do more than that. They've been nine and twenty-three over the last two seasons. So, I think uh, pieces in terms of pieces in place, they're better off than the Rams are right now. Um, but you know, again, this is a team that's been beset by injuries every year, and so that's certainly a, a concern. And the second half of your question, I'm sorry. Uh, remind well, me what you do. Oh, it was how many? How many? How much of a fan base do you feel like of San Diego Chargers fans oh, uh, would even come yeah, up I to LA they, to see a game? The Chargers have done uh, precious little to try and build bridges to San Diego. I think some people come up. The big problem is, do you really come up every weekend, fight that traffic up to four or five, up to five? Uh, to get to Carson, to do, you know, do you do that 10 times a year or you do it once to check out the boutique experience, which I might add is more expensive, uh, significantly more expensive than watching a game at Qualcomm or watching a game at the Coliseum for that matter. Do you do that every week? Do you buy the season tickets? So they're going to have a hard time. I mean, this uh, it's a weird relocation. It's the only relocation I can think of where a team has moved and tried to retain or theoretically tried to retain some of its old fans or lure some of its old fans uh, back up. But, you know, frankly, I don't think the Chargers have done a lot of work to mend fences in San Diego and keep those fans. So it's a very uh, a tenuous situation for that franchise right now because, they came up, they had virtually no fan base in L.A., you know, I mean, uh, a smattering of fans. And this is a market where you've already got a lot of teams, a lot of competition. you got USC with Sam Darnold. Um, you know, people talk about the, uh, you know, we don't want to be the, the Clippers in this scenario. Uh, so you've got the number one team, the Lakers, the number two Distant number two, the Clippers. If you're the NFL team, you don't want to be the Clippers if you're the second team in the market. But I look at it and I say, well, right now, Clippers might be first prize. I mean, the Lakers might be USC football. You have USC football, then the Clippers, and then who's the third team? The, the Arena League team? I mean, you know, if you're the third football team in L.A., um, that's, a, that's an uphill slog, even in a market this big. Well, Sam, you you led right into my next question. I'm curious, what is the how would you rank the the sports pop teams popularity in L.A.? What's the hierarchy, including the college teams and the Lakers and Clippers? I'm curious how you would rank it. Well, I mean, I put the Lakers at the top, Lakers and Dodgers uh, at the top in L.A., and then I'd have to say uh, USC football especially when they're good, which uh, they figure to be good. They have a Heisman Trophy candidate and their quarterback, Sam Donald, possible number one overall pick if he plays as well as he did last year. And then, you know, if you're looking at the, uh, at the football teams, I'd have to say the Rams, although they got off to a lousy start at 4-12, um, just because they've got this, uh, you know, historic sort of nostalgic fan base. Uh, that they're able to tap into, and the fact that they're going to own the stadium. Uh, it's going to be Stan Kroenke Stadium, and it'll be a Jets-Giants situation where the Jets are playing in Giants Stadium uh, in the old old format. So 
and then, you know, I don't know if I if I if some teams you could slot in there, but I think I think the Chargers right now would be second. But it is a bit of a blank slate because Chargers could be a better team on the field. Uh, that said, I just don't know if if uh, you know how how uh, you know if these if these football fans are coming into it with the mindset of. I'm just an NFL fan in general. Win me over, uh, and I will pick one of the two teams. Or, is it, you know, the real competition in L.A. is the couch and the, the mobile devices and the handheld devices and stuff. <laughs> we've, got a whole, we've got a whole generation that was brought up on watching Red Zone Channel and fantasy football and, and watching, you know, NFL at home. Um you know, you're going to have to lure these people out for more than one game, just the curiosity of seeing a game here. Um, and, you know, people in L.A. feel like, hey, I kind of got it wired. I mean, I get to watch my my team. And my team could be Drew Brees starting at quarterback and Adrian Peterson running back. Like, uh, you know, Denver's defense and, and Seattle's receivers, you know, my fantasy football team. So maybe that's my team. Maybe I want to stay home where there are no bathroom lines and no lines to the refrigerator, and uh, and I don't have to pay for parking. You know, so it's an uphill battle to get people to come out to these games, to fight the traffic on a weekend. Uh, that said, circling back to Home Depot Center or State, oh, sorry, Starbucks Center, change names, Starbucks Center. Um, it's pretty cool with less than 30,000 people to have a parking situation where you can walk right to your car. It's very quick. The other night, uh, for the first uh, scrimmage there, I realized I walked out on the wrong side of the stadium. Now, at any other NFL stadium, uh, you know, to get to my car, I walked out on the wrong side. Any other stadium, that's a half-hour mistake. Yep, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. For me, it was four minutes. Walk to the other nice. side of the stadium. I mean, it's, that's how it is. It's it's just it's incredible uh, how how small and easy to navigate it is, and really traffic wise, not not a problem to get down to the stadium. So that really weighs in their favor. Sam Farmer, the Los Angeles Times. Uh, hey, Sam, I'm sure I will catch up with you uh, out in Los Angeles uh, for Saints Chargers practice tomorrow. Hey, appreciate the time. Thanks, Sam. Well. All right, that's Sam Farmer. we got one more segment here on Sports1280NOLA.com and the iHeartRadio app on the Wednesday edition of Duncan Holder. Duncan Holder now. Josh is next at noon on Sports1280 New Orleans. Hell of a show today here on Duncan Holder on a Wednesday. I uh, want to thank Sam Farmer for coming on from the Los, Los Angeles Times. Uh, also early, want to thank Jay Cicero from the Greater New Orleans Sports Foundation for coming on the show to talk about New Orleans and the World Cup possibilities. Of course, all of your reaction to the news about Delvin Bro. Uh, just real quick, out four to six weeks with the fractured fibula. Remember, he was rumored to be on the trade block. Uh, because they were frustrated with injuries and maybe he was 
slacking up. Well, guess what? That's not the case anymore. And now two orthopedists from the Saints have been fired uh, because of the misdiagnosis and more to come with this story. But just kind of a heads up for the week to come, I will be out the next two days. Jim Derry will sit in for me on Duncan Holder. I will be chiming in, though, from Los Angeles. I will be out at Saints Chargers practice, so you'll hear from me on Thursday and Friday. I know tomorrow on Thursday's show, John Stinchcomb, former Saints tackle, will jump on this show. Of course, he's part of the preseason broadcast team for the Saints. Always great insight. We're going to have him on uh, tomorrow's show. And then on Friday, we will have Tulane Athletic Director Troy Dannon, of course, 1280, Sports 1280, the flagship station for all things Tulane football and men's basketball. So, look, just because I'm away, Jeff, you can't just go run off and do God knows what. I actually have to drive the show, which I have to admit last week uh, in your interim was an experience. Thanks to David for propping me on his shoulders daily while you were over dipping your toes in the emerald green waters of the Gulf of Mexico with a Mai Tai. So now I go from Orange Beach, and now I go this week to Costa Mesa, and I'm quote-unquote working. Yeah, you're having a – you have a bad – I mean, a, a very good life. It's not, not a bad gig, and uh, I'm sure you'll be up and down the – what is it? Manhattan Beach. They have that uh, boulevard or boardwalk well, on hey, Manhattan I'll, Beach. I, I want to cruise down to Laguna Beach and go check out, you know, see what those people that were on the MTV show Laguna Beach, what they're doing now with their life. That's I what I want to no do. No idea what you're talking about. Exactly. You, you missed <laughs> you, out. Do you not. know Jay Cutler's wife, Kristen Cavallari? Yes. She became famous because she was on Laguna Beach. Oh, okay. Well, then I would know that. I, I knew that she was on a show on MTV or whatever, but I didn't know what it was. So You know, I'm educating you about Kristen Cavallari. I'm educating you about Debbie Gibson. This is what I'm here for, my I'm, purpose in my life. My pop culture uh, knowledge needs education. I, I need a little work there, I have to admit. If you're leaning on me to educate you, we're both hell in a handbasket because I am not cool. Well, I, look, I want to. I do want to say something, switching gears real yes. quick, back to Delvin Well, it's Bro. been so crazy, we needed a lighthearted moment. <laughs> yeah, here. we need to talk about something other than medical information. Yes. But I do think – there is a pressing issue that we haven't talked about in what do the Saints do right now in the interim? Who is going to be evaluating? Say, heaven forbid, somebody goes down at practice against the Chargers, more than likely somebody will. Who's going to evaluate it? Uh, are they going to have to make a quick call on this to get an orthopedic specialist in there to uh, handle this um, in the interim until they make a long-term decision? Absolutely. And uh, – some might argue having no one examine them is better than having these people examine them. I don't know. But it, it is certainly a, uh, a a tricky situation. And, look, they had to make this decision in a snap because all of this Delvin Bro stuff came to a head, and then all of a sudden, okay, you're gone. Now what? It's not like you planned on doing this. It just happened. And that's something where – the Saints are going to have to get this thing fixed on the fly. Yeah, and they've they've got a sticky situation on their hands, like we said, in the locker room that I'm sure has already been addressed or is going to be addressed very quickly because that's a whole separate part of this story. And if you haven't checked on Twitter or on Instagram, Keenan Lewis is already chiming in, having Delvin Bros back. So this thing is going to get 
probably uglier before it gets better. So I want to thank Sam Farmer of the Los Angeles Times. I want to thank Jay Cicero of the Greater New Orleans Sports Foundation. Remember, NOLA.com, iTunes, NOLA.com, SoundCloud, Sports1280.com. You can check out all of the podcasts. Dave's sending me off in proper fashion. Perfect, Jeff, we'll Dave. down here in New Orleans. So, it's what um, I do. Thanks for, thanks for calling in. Thanks for listening. Josh Innes is coming up next. I'm Larry Holder. He's Jeff Duncan. Sports1280 and NOLA.com and the iHeartRadio app. We're Duncan Holder.